16 minutes it is now before 8 p.m. And uh, we now wrap up the top business stories that are moving markets on this Wednesday. And joining me to do this is investment analyst at Emergence Investment Managers. And that's Nolwandle Mtumbin. Nolwandle, Ugashe. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Nolwanja, I want us uh, maybe to start off here in uh, the uh, US and in particular on Capitol Hill. And uh, just before I uh, drove uh, to come uh, here to Auckland Park, um, I was uh, watching briefly, I guess, the comments of uh, one ambassador there uh, to uh, the Ukraine, uh, making some of his remarks known about uh, uh, this particular matter here, hovering over uh, the uh, President of the United States, Donald Trump. Uh, What's happening here? And uh, more importantly, I guess, uh, do we have any updates when it comes uh, to the possibility of a looming deal here between uh, Trump and his counterpart Xi Jinping? So um, what's currently happening now, we're having the House of Representatives um, forming the, you know, the judicial inquiry into the, into the impeachment claims. So this is actually the first part of the whole process and an investigation is going on. So we'll have a couple of people testifying. And the point of this is for the House of Representatives to be able to come up with enough evidence to say whether there was any wrongdoing or not. And then following from that, if there is enough evidence, then they will process going forward with articles of impeachment. And if it isn't, then, you know, then it goes away and Trump remains in office. Mm -hmm. As far as um, the China and U.S. trade wars, it's much of the very much of the same. Um, You know, it's the same news. He'll, you know, Trump will come out saying he was imminent, everything's going well you know, working out some things. But, you know, the reality is that this won't be resolved within the next few weeks. Um, Most likely into next year, we'll still be hearing about the trade war. Yeah, it's certainly gutting, I mean, to think about uh, uh, how you're on this issue. I mean, uh, the one day we're optimistic that we might be reaching a deal soon. The next day, uh, it's uh, back to Trump saying, you know, the Americans, uh, the Chinese, I should rather say, are stealing from us. Uh, You know, they're stealing from the American economy and from American workers. Uh, and uh, certainly, uh, I guess, uh, placing markets in tailspin here. Yes, and I think, you know, you would think, you know, you know, the reasonable people in the market and do better and can, you know, sort of ignore the noise and look through it. And, you know, as I always say, stick to the fundamentals, but it seems like, you know, every day we swing in terms of our sentiments based on what is being said over something we, we pretty much know is not going to be resolved anytime soon. Mm. So I think it's going to be much of the same and, you know, the market will move whichever way, you know, the, the, the appearance of the trade talks are going. And I think it's just, you know, suppose from the market perspective, it just creates opportunities and, you know, you'll see the resources doing having a good run. And maybe that's a good thing for people who are invested in resources. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's shift away there slightly and to take a look at uh, uh, what's happening at the National Carrier South African Airways. Uh, it's clear here that uh, there's not only, I guess, a, a dispute uh, in the wage negotiation process. Uh, but uh, judging from the announcement yesterday from the office of the CEO there, uh, Zugisa uh, Ramashia, uh, it's quite clear uh, that uh, uh, they are looking for a Section 189 process and uh, the unions aren't going to take this one lying down uh, if uh, their comments about a Friday strike are anything to go by. I think unions have never taken anything lying down. So <laughs> this is really nothing new. And I think everyone expected it. This is how it always happens. Just another another day, another union, you know, taking nothing lying down. 
so so yeah it's 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 yeah it's quite unfortunate that you know this is you know story we've heard all all before you know i think it's whether it's on the public side or in the private sector um the, you know the state of 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 retrenchments it's ongoing and this is another situation where for the state carrier to be able to even stay afloat there needs to be a reduction in jobs and you know and obviously uh, the the unions are going to fight for it and going to make it as difficult as possible. And unfortunately, it looks like things may get worse before they get better. Mm. And I think the timing of it is very unfortunate because literally FAA is on its knees right now. Yeah. And I think with this particular instance, this is a move to survive. Mm. You know, we can look at the corporate sector and say, you know, you know maybe they've been greedy, they can take time, they don't have to do it now, they've still sure, got profits. Sure. But, the, you know, the state carriers actually need to do something, mm. need to change. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's not going to get any more funding and it's yeah. going to collapse. But no longer. I mean, just just on that issue, you know, I was listening earlier on to uh, the spokesperson at the NUMSA, Paramila Shubi Machola, and, uh, you know, she was raising some interesting things here, right? On the one hand, you know, the retrenchment is uh, set to affect about uh, 900 workers or so at, uh, uh, and uh, set to save just over 700 million rand. Um, and, uh, you know, they're arguing that uh, uh, there are other areas where some of these costs could be saved, and they're suggesting the fuel contracts, which are subject to a forensic probe as well, might be a, a place uh, 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 that would be a good starting point. But also, uh, the big question many of us are asking is, what happens by way of consequences to many of the people that have gotten uh, the national carrier into this particular mess? And, uh, you know, I don't even have to mention their names. We all know who we're talking about, successive uh, 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 boards and uh, many other management teams. So we're in a situation right now that we need to able to at least for the short term make sure that the the, the finances can can make it. Mm. So I think the first priority right now, when you know a company is in this sort of sort of dire situation, is just survival. So you have to enter into survival mode, and you know holding people accountable is going to be part of the process, but it takes much longer. Sure. And the fact that the, the, you know it's, it's it's bleeding cash is, is is a more urgent need. So the first thing is to be able to at least find the low-hanging fruit and able to ensure survival. So that's the first thing that, you know, we should be doing. That should be the focus. As far as cost-cutting initiatives is, you know, retrenching some people is, is, is a costly, it's costly in itself. Mm. And, and I would imagine it's the last thing they want to do. You know, we don't have, you know, the, the, we don't know the full financials of the, the company in terms of what happens and where can they cut costs. We don't really know that. But I imagine that a new management team has been placed in there. There's been changes. And I would like to think that they have gone through all the steps. When, when, when you know, Treasury gets involved and say, look, we'll give you a bailout, they will have given them, wanted to see exactly where have you done, what can you do. I'm sure they would have at least done the due diligence to find out is that is retrenching the last cost, is how much can, you know, why are we lending you this money, where can you improve, all those things. I'm sure financial planners mm. brought forward to convince Treasury for the first instance to give them a bailout. So I think, you know, I, I think it's not as easy as saying, you know, there's other places to cut costs, you know, or there's other places we can get revenue. Sure, sure. I'm sure when you're in this situation, mm. you come in there and you try to do what you can. Let's pause there. Let's pause there for a second. I need to take a spot break. But when we come back, I want us to continue mm. just on that uh, issue of the national carrier. Six minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. I'm in conversation with uh, Noluanje Mtombe, and she's an investment analyst at Emergence Investment Managers. And Noluanje, before we went to the break, we were talking about SAA. And, uh, you know, I, I think you make a very important point that, uh, you know, if you're in this kind of environment where 
the main, I guess, task from here onwards is about getting uh, the national carrier to be financially self-sustaining and uh, not so reliant on bailouts uh, from the fiscus as we've become accustomed to. Uh, then uh, uh, it is going to come with some pain. But the big question I'm asking is that where is the continuity here in some of the turnaround plans that we've seen? I remember talking to Vianney Jahana uh, when he was about a few weeks in the job and uh, uh, many of us know how, uh, I guess, his uh, involvement at SAA landed up. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, it seems here that we've had successive turnaround strategies and uh, maybe we're not learning anything uh, from uh, many of those plans. Yes, I think, you know, when it comes to implementation of some of these ideas and strategies and plans, we've been very poor. You know, between, you know, the whichever ministerial department is involved with this treasury or, you know, whatever department is and, you know, and the management and the board of the company, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, political interference, which mm. has been getting in the way of the job being done. So I think, you know, I think hopefully we're going to be moving in the direction where now, you know, there's a good collaboration and the different departments can work together to make these turnarounds because it's quite imperative now. You know, I think we we, we on our last line now in terms of, you know, our rating agencies mm. and our debt is spiraling out of control. So I think, you know, I'm hoping at least, I'm hoping that at least, you know, there is a change coming where there's going to be more accountability and more collaboration. And, you know, we're actually going to have, you know, workable solutions, mm. actual solutions that can do changes. So you know, sometimes, you know, you put someone in and the problem is so big that, you know, you know, you come into a job and it's, it's, you think it's going to be, you know, simple, you know, you should solve this. We stand on the sidelines, you just think, oh, no, you need to do something about this, cut this, privatize this. But it's not that easy. And I think our problem with our economy and then how, how, how we keep having to bail out our SOEs mm. is that it is a structural problems and these certain structural problems are not so easy. You know, we've got a huge labor force as well. Yeah. Everything you need to do is you're kind of bound and it's very hard sure. to, to act and make these radical moves. And yeah. that's the biggest problem. And I think it's just a matter of being able to you know, work with the different partners, work with the unions, come together, because especially when it comes to working with the unions, um, things take typically longer because mm. you have to get through them and negotiate and, you know, it gets worse before it gets sure. better. No, no, to talk to me about this uh, notion of working with the unions or also getting them on board as a partner in the solution. Uh, you know, someone was attacking me yesterday saying, you know, all of these uh, unions are really unhelpful to the situation. But in this particular case, uh, I must say, I, I don't think it was very tactical uh, uh, tactful of uh, the uh, SAA management uh, in the middle of a negotiation uh, around wages where there are disputes to come out and say at the last minute hey we want to quickly do a consultation with you around retrenchments um, without really I guess fixing uh, the main issue uh, that led to them not being able to find each other around the issue of wages it certainly does uh, I guess bring into question whether or not uh, 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 the dialogue here is going to happen in an amicable environment in light of this particular move. Surely the management here should have uh, maybe, I guess, uh, first resolved the dispute around wages and then said, once we find each other with the unions, let's first now uh, come together once again and uh, uh, speak about the Section 189 process. Yeah, I think I'd also like to, you know, you know, you know, think that the the, the legal team that's advising is in the wrong here because, mm. you know, how it came about is that there was, you know, a, you know, seven months, I mean, a wage offer, a five-year term contract that was with the SA pilot that was in place, yes, and yes. legally there was no room to get out of it. So, you know, they tried to get out of it. Meanwhile, it's a legally binding agreement, yes, yes, yes. and I'd like to think the right proper accountant said actually you can't get out of this. You, you you stuck in it, mm. and you know through arbitration it was it was confirmed. So I think you know 
you need to get the right legal counsel in these sort of instances. And then I think, you know, unfortunately, they did announce, you know, before on that, that they're going to do some retrenchments. And, you know, the timing of all this is really, really poor. And but we've seen it's not the first, you know, company or board management team to announce things at the wrong time. Mm. So I think they could have been definitely more tactful yeah, going into this. You know, and you know, unfortunately, the you know the five point nine or was it? I think it was five point nine percent for the SA pilots is already out there. So now they're asking for eight. So you know, you know, the number could have been kept confidential. Mm. Therefore, they wouldn't they wouldn't have a base to start off with. Exactly. But you know, they tried to get out of something, came out in public, and now they have to deal with the mess. Yeah. So I think you know certain things, especially when you know that on the other side of the union, there needs to be a little of confidentiality, and you know. Try in your best for, to have the live legal team mm. advising you the right way forward exactly. um, to avoid upsetting the other parties as well. Mm. And we've got to play the long game here, man. I mean, these guys, you know, the unions are a long-term partner here in the solution <clears throat> at SAA. And if you're going to antagonize them uh, by, I mean, I, I don't think any of the unions would have been up in arms if, you know, they were put in a, into a room and they said to them, look, guys, we still have this dispute, but here's another issue that's coming up and we're not going to take this to the media. We'd like to sit with you guys first and see how we can maybe resolve this issue. Uh, we probably wouldn't be having this strike that's coming up on Friday, which, according to SAA, is going to cost them, if indeed it does happen, about 52 million rand a day uh, in lost revenue. Now, you go figure. Last one here, Nolwanje, uh, on my end, uh, and I want us to maybe discuss these in tandem. One is uh, double-digit top-line growth here on the part of retailer Spa Group, but we also saw uh, retail sales numbers for the month of September coming through uh, this afternoon from Stats SA, 0.2% up in September, and uh, a lot of that being driven by the uh, footwear and uh, I guess uh, more of the non-durable goods. Yes. So, you know, the many of the major categories actually were were down. So, in the number 0.2 is definitely very low. It's basically mm. flat, you know. It's, it's it's and it's just showing just the how poor the environment is for for the consumer. Yeah. You know, if you know last year people were predicting that the rebound that happened this year will be driven by the consumer. But that's not the case. Mm. It feels as if the consumer is even worse off than they were last year. And and this kind of plays into the sentiment where we're seeing that there's broad-based weakness. And, you know, SPA's numbers are an outlier compared to what we've seen from other retailers. Mm. You know, they're strong in the way that says that, you know, it looks like they're dealing with a completely different consumer altogether. Um, but, you know, the retail sales, I think they're more reflective of the general environment in our economy, mm. where it's a very, very weak environment. And, you know, we've got, you know, um, Black Friday coming up there. And the prediction is that the numbers for this year will not be as high as next mm. year. Mm. So, you know, Big events, everyone's stocking up and orders are coming in, but yeah. could possibly disappoint to the downside. No, no, the last one on my end before I let you go. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Is is the fact that Spa here, I guess, you know, blew the lights out uh, in a way uncharacteristic of some of the other retailers? Uh, is that because of how they organized, uh, uh, based largely on a franchise model, where it's mainly, mainly uh, a lot of their franchises who uh, end up, or franchisees, I should say, who end up uh, taking uh, a lot of the uh, cost pressures here uh, with, uh, I guess, the head office really looking at uh, that bigger model and also the operations in Ireland and Switzerland? So, I mean, if you look at the actual results themselves, there's a, a, a bit of a story in terms of where it comes from. You know, a lot of that is from us tops. So the liquor sales were very, very strong. So, I mean, regardless of what, what, what retailer you are, but they've got these strong retailers. I mean, sorrows away. Exactly. So that's, that number has been strong for a while now. 
And we also had like a bounce back and say cash flow. So that's mm-hmm. in an SA context. That's sure. where you're seeing. And that's where you saw some strong moves there. And they, 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 obviously the franchise model works. But when it comes to like for like sales, it's not necessarily whether it's a franchise model or an owner occupy, an owner owned store or corporate, corporate model. Mm-hmm. It's largely whether you're able to attract your consumers back to the brand. Sure, sure. So I think from the franchise model, maybe, you know, the franchisees themselves will go extra mile in terms of maybe the local customer base mm. there and maybe they're doing that extra touch having that special thing there but in terms of the brand of star especially with with, with tops tops i think i asked the tops management team like what's happening what's what are you getting right in tops mm. and he said they we renovated the tops to have a better feel and look that's simply all they did they just made them look better where you go in there because the old ones were all ugly and you just like, you know, it looked like an old bottle store. But, you know, what they did is refurb them, make them look nice. And you feel like they, you feel like everything you buy is expensive. I never and that's interior, what they said. I never knew interior decor could make us feel a lot thirstier. <laughs> exactly. There you go. There's a tip. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right. so, yeah. Yeah, man, yeah, we'll have to leave it there. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Really appreciate you taking time out to speak to us this evening. Nolwanjim Tumbeni an investment analyst at Emergence Investment Managers joining us this evening. Thank you very much, Nolwanjim. Yeah, ne? 17.6%, I think. Uh, uh, liquor sales up uh, there for Spa. And uh, yeah, it's uh, quite clear that uh, 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 the top stores are very attractive uh, for all of you. And uh, uh, judging...